Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. The elite athlete knows that his or her time in the spotlight and on a national stage will be no more than a small fraction of a lifetime. What has he done to prepare for the rest of his life? Is she ready to meet the challenges that lie ahead once her playing days are over? Two UCLA graduates from different generations and with an insider's knowledge introduce you to some of the greatest athletes of this or any generation as they talk about life after the glory. Lucy Singh is the founder of Resiliency, offering life and resilience coaching to athletes as they leave behind the field of play. Gary Stern is a Southern California consumer attorney and mediator and a veteran of multiple baseball fantasy camps where he was coached by some of the game's elite players who know what real life is all about once their playing days were over. And now, here's Lucy and Gary. Welcome to another episode of After the Glory. This episode is devoted to the sport of tennis. This is our first episode devoted to an individual and not a team sport. Uh, well, we have with us today to start us off, a good friend of uh, Lucy and I's from our Bruin Professionals Alumni Association group. Uh, his name is Chip Humphreys. He's a former UCLA tennis player whose experience with elite amateur and college tennis is not what one would have expected. Uh, Chip, welcome. And if you could uh, do us the honor of introducing your friends uh, to our listeners. That would be wonderful. Thank you, Gary, and thank you, Lucy, for having us. Again, this is Chip Humphreys, and I uh, want to welcome two of my great friends and my coach, uh, Billy Martin, the head tennis coach at UCLA, and Justin Gimmelstab, one of my closest friends and uh, confidants, and uh, enjoy having you guys here, so welcome. So, Chip, let us know uh, a little bit about your tennis journey and uh, what what route it took uh, once you got to UCLA, which led you to meet uh, Justin and Billy? My tennis career, my mom was a tennis pro, played tennis in Colorado, and uh, taught at a country club level. And uh, we uh, grew up, I had a younger brother, Scott Humphreys, who was uh, 18 months younger, and a very, very competitive junior tennis player. And I kind of rode on his coattails. And uh, we, we did fairly well in the Colorado Juniors, but as we got older, uh, Scott moved on to play at a very high level and was one of the top juniors in the country. Hence, uh, Billy Martin called my mother and uh, asked my mother if Scott would be interested in coming to play tennis at UCLA. And uh, my mom said he would love to, but my older son, Chip, would love to play there too. And Billy goes, well, I don't really care about Chip, but if I could have Scott, that would be fantastic. And they said, well, to start, you're going to need to have Chip on the team. And he said, done. Chip can come down and play tennis for us. We'd love to have him. So I was fortunate enough to come and join the UCLA tennis team. And then I'm not sure what happened, but Scott jumped off the wagon and went to Stanford. And I met uh, and got to be part of the tennis team at UCLA with Justin Gimmelstab. And that was my tennis career. Got there and Billy figured out very quickly that he's going to have to move me to do some other role. And I kind of became a manager, coach, hitting instructor, whatever Billy needed, I was there for. Taught tennis camps in Ohio. So that was my tennis journey. I love it. I, I'd love to hear uh, Billy's version of that story one day as well. Probably not appropriate for the <laughs> podcast, but we'll see. <laughs> B- Billy, is that the way it happened? Well, I, I, yes. I, I, Scott was, was the 
dude, uh, you know, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I, uh, Chip, I said he won Junior Wimbledon, which, you know, made him at least one of the top two or three juniors in the world. Um, and we were all, you know, starting to put him on our calendar before that. But I, looking back at it, I couldn't have been lucky to have him come and join us. Uh, one of the, you know, finest young men I got to know. And, and it's been the case with me uh, throughout the years, uh, now being at UCLA over 30 years, that a lot of the kids that didn't even play for us end up being just kids that I you know, have enjoyed and follow and love watching their career and their family grow. Billy, let me follow up with, uh, with that because that leads directly into uh, our discussion about uh, uh, After the Glory uh, and the themes of our show. All of our shows typically start out with how you get started. How, how do you become, and then we'll turn it right over to Justin for the same question. Um, how do you get from the sort of the weekend, Sunday morning, play at the local park type of tennis to something that's elite that others of us can only dream of achieving? Well, I think it's gotten even tougher now uh, with the generation that's playing tennis than when I played. You know, I, I certainly love the sport. I uh, played it throughout the juniors. I played at UCLA. I played some pro tennis. And due to a arthritic hip problem, it got me out of tennis. And uh, luckily, my old coach at UCLA, you know, insisted I come out while I went back to UCLA to get my degree uh, to help with the team. I was reluctant to do it, uh, but it's something I look back at 38 years later probably one of the greatest things that ever happened to me uh, to work with young boys uh, at, at this level and that have a chance to go out and play some pro tennis and love the sport as much as I do it's been very rewarding but you know it starts with a dream it starts with passion for these young boys that start playing the sport uh, that I deal with and uh, you know obviously God-given talent is certainly you know part of it but uh, work ethic and, uh, you know, really, the, who, who wants it more than the other person? Because uh, there's a lot of off-court dedication, conditioning, and all those things that now factor into who becomes the champion. And Justin Gimmelstab, how did you get your start toward becoming one of the, uh, one of the world's great tennis players? Bill is one of the greatest college coaches there is, and Chip is one of the great Bruins, so thanks for having me on. Um, coach was, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is that Coach's first year as the head coach was my first year as well. Coach put in a pretty, maybe a little dissimilar to his recruiting of Chip. Mine was a little bit more aggressive and hands-on. I think I got my first recruiting letter from UCLA when I was 11. And I think Billy sealed my uh, decision to go to UCLA with about a three-hour long lunch with John Wooden. Um, at his uh, at his apartment in the valley, so I was really excited to go to UCLA. Went a year early and kind of felt like my journey in college tennis started with Billy as well. Even though Billy was a great former player at UCLA, had been assistant coach there, was a great pro and and so forth, Wimbledon quarterfinalist. So for Billy was a, a young head coach, and I felt like we were kind of going about it together, and that was a big appeal for me to go to UCLA, especially. And Stanford had was such a dominant team at that point, and I really wanted to help UCLA kind of get back on top where they had been, you know, in, in prior years. But but plus, I started at UCLA. Billy remembers I started at UCLA. I got there when I was seventeen, high school a year early. So to go to one of the great universities uh, in the country, you know, academically and athletically at that age, and to 
it was very important for me to be surrounded by really good people that I trusted, especially being from the East Coast, all on the opposite side of the country. So for my dad, who was a titanic figure, to be able to trust Billy and then in, in a way also Chip, you know, Chip became a big part of my college experience. Um, wow. you know, that, that's how the UCLA process started. Tennis in general was completely out of the blue because no one in my family had ever played tennis. Um, my dad was, my dad and uncle were in basketball. We never played tennis. No one in our family ever played tennis. None of our friends played tennis. Like most brothers, you know, Chip is 18 months older than his brother. I had a brother 18 months older than me. Um, he played tennis at the camp one day and came home and I started playing it. It became one of the numerous sports we played. And then, you know, we kept playing all the other sports, but tennis just kind of stuck. And um, it was real quick to find out that my hand-eye coordination skills were a lot better than my running and jumping skills. So I kind of gravitated towards tennis. Wow, that's amazing. So after this break, let's actually go into the topic of what Gary brought up as tennis being an individual sport, not necessarily a team sport, though it is a team sport. So thank you for sharing your introductions. Let's go to break. Life Coaching for Athletes is here to help. Coach Lucy is a certified life coach focused on working with athlete-minded people in finding and pursuing success in life outside of sports. She serves as an accountability partner and offers different perspectives when her clients are facing big challenges and decisions. Follow Resiliency on Instagram at Resiliency, that's R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T-S-E-E underscore coaching for more information. As a co-host of After the Glory, Coach Lucy is excited to share her expertise in working with athletes and looks forward to connecting with all you listeners to learn more of your stories as well. Hello, this is Dean, third-generation owner of Sarah Leonard Fine Jewelers. We are located near UCLA in the heart of Westwood Village, where we have been since 1946. For 74 years, my family has stood for the highest standards of knowledge and integrity and are proud members of the prestigious American Gem Society. But it is our personal touch that truly makes us a cut above. Client relationships last for decades and generations. With six UCLA alumni, the family has supported UCLA for decades, including the famous Sarah Leonard Jewelers Watch Giveaway. For diamonds and colored gems, designer collections and estate jewelry, watches, custom design, and gorgeous gifts starting under $100, it's all here at Sarah Leonard Fine Jewelers. Mention the code GLORY and get 20% off your first purchase, plus a 10% UCLA discount on all future purchases. Call 310-208-3131 today for your appointment or visit us at sarahleonardjewelers.com. Free parking available. Again, call 310-208-3131, use the code GLORY and experience the Sarah Leonard difference for yourself. Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. Here's Lucy and Gary. And we're back with our uh, After the Glory tennis episode fe- featuring Justin Gimmelstab, Billy Martin, Coach Billy Martin, and Chip Humphreys, all uh, UCLA aficionados. Um, when we left off, we were talking about uh, uh, Justin and uh, being at the uh, high-level junior coming to UCLA. And one of the things that we talk about a lot on this show is the, the balance that um, the elite athlete has to achieve uh, in their late teen years, uh, going into their 20s, when they are, if they're fortunate enough to go to college, uh, play their sport in college, and how they juggle academics and the sport. It's it's a, a subject that comes up a lot. Uh, the phrase student athlete is used, and particularly with regard to football and basketball, uh, sometimes with not without controversy. For tennis, and let me turn to, to uh, Billy first on this. For tennis, how, as a coach, do you make sure that your athletes are uh, – focusing on their academics as well? Well, it's certainly a major uh, challenge uh, for a coach because 
nowadays different when Chip and Justin were at UCLA uh, back then if you were eligible at the beginning of the year you could play for the whole year no matter what you did in any of your classes now it's quarter to quarter at UCLA since we're on a quarter system most schools are semester to semester but it's something where if they really fall flat on their face they're not eligible to compete that next uh, quarter uh, so it's something we really have to monitor uh, I'd say if I have 13, 14 guys on our roster, uh, there's probably 10 of them that are just such solid students. Their time management skills are excellent. I really don't have to worry about them. Yes, they're striving to get A's, but they might get B's because it's so academically difficult at UCLA. But there's always a handful of guys, two, three, four, that I'm really having to watch over because they're skills for academics, time management, whatever it might be, are just not that strong. Uh, so I focus on those guys generally and uh, really have to make sure they're attending tutoring. We have mentors for these student-athletes that might not come in with the best skills and then just, you know, trying to see what their midterm, their quiz grades, uh, how they submitted their uh, term papers or, you know, essays and time. So it can be challenging, but it's something that's really part of the job uh, from a coaching standpoint. And, and Justin, to pick up on that, uh, particularly uh, throughout your uh, junior career, as an elite junior player, did you was academics uh, sort of secondary, or did you have a value system that allowed you to, to, to excel academically? Uh, talk a little about academics in, in your life. No, definitely. I mean, academics were a, a huge priority. Did you go back after you left UCLA, uh, or did you ever get a chance to finish up your education? Look, academics were a huge priority for me. I went to great private schools. My mother was a school teacher, and choosing UCLA was a huge part of it, was also the academic reputation and opportunities that it would afford. Um, I was very proud of, actually, even though I only went a couple of years, my GPA at UCLA was... Um, very high, and Billy always prioritized that that was an important part of the college experience. And while I turned pro and had a, uh, after two years, I did try and keep working towards my degree, and I have gradually gotten more credits through the UC system and through online. It's become easier and easier, and I made a promise to my parents that I would get my degree, and I, I fulfill my promises. And so I will get it, and hopefully I'll get it from UCLA. They've been helpful in that process, and uh, but managing the academic-athletic dynamic and ratio is one of the great challenges for student-athletes, but UCLA does an unbelievable job of supporting the student-athletes. Uh, I have no doubt that you'll finish up, Justin. Uh, Chip, follow up on the same concept. Uh, uh, obviously, as a, as a college athlete that was not playing regularly and likely wasn't going to go uh, to a pro career, I imagine academics had a different uh, focus for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, Billy strives to all have us be great, great in the classroom. I mean, there was one or two guys on the team that maybe, you know, had an opportunity to go pro and actually have a pro career. So, you know, we had guys on our teams, uh, you know, the investment bankers and doctors and very, very competitive tennis players that were there because it was UCLA and the top academic school in the country. So, you know, at 2 o'clock, you know, we had to have, uh, we had to be on the tennis court. So classes had to end by, you know, 1.30, and all of our uh, classes 
were prioritized. We had a counselor that would help us, you know, get the classes we needed so that we could be in the right academic situation. And then we had tutors and, uh, you know, to make sure that we were on track. So I think Billy always had one of the top GPAs of all the teams at UCLA because so many of us were focused on our academics. Coach, I forget, what was my GPA when I was at Thunder Tennis Team? I forget, what was it? You prefaced with that to tell the truth. Here's the truth, okay? <laughs> there was a board in the academic in the athletic department that had the top uh, GPAs of any student-athletes at UCLA. And the first time we went in there, Billy, we met with the academic advisor, and we had that whole dynamic where she said, these are the classes you're going to take. And I said, these are the classes Matt Breen and I are going to take. We said, we'll do it one term my way or one term your way. I, if I'm on that board, then we'll keep doing it my way. And we, when we walked in there after the second term, who was on the top of that board of athletes' highest GPA? Well, there's no way I'm going to deny that you were doing that. Uh, <laughs> well, let me just put it this way. We kept doing it my way, term after term after term, because my name <laughs> kept being on that board. I kept bringing that team GPA up, and, you know, we kept doing it my way for those those two years. So just, that's now that it was supported by the great tutors and Billy prioritizing it and scheduling and so forth, but it was right up top there. So the UCLA tennis, men's tennis team GPA was one of the strongest at UCLA during our tenure, and I, I assume and, it still is. Uh, when we come back, Billy Martin and Justin Gimmelstab, elite pro tennis players, uh, and how that led to where they are today after this break. Have you ever wanted to experience the thrill of playing spring training baseball with some of the game's legends? At LED ABC, we believe you should be able to live your dream of being a pro baseball player, and now you can. The LED ABC Adult Baseball Camp is an independently owned and operated fantasy camp for men and women over the age of 30. As an independent camp, you can be a fan of any team from any city and you'll feel right at home with us. Our next camp is scheduled for November 7th through the 13th, 2021, and will be held at the historic Dodger Town Complex in Vero Beach, Florida, now known as the Jackie Robinson Training Complex. You'll play ball all week long on the best practice fields in the nation. You'll enjoy use of state-of-the-art facilities, and you'll be pampered and cared for just like a major leaguer. We invite you to visit our website and sign up for our November 2021 camp. Just go to www.ladabc.com. That's ladabc.com. Welcome to After the Glory on Pod Clips. Here's Lucy and Gary. And we're back with Justin Gimmelstab, Coach Billy Martin, and Chef Humphreys from UCLA. Uh, Coach, I want to turn to uh, the years that uh, you spent at the highest levels of tennis. Uh, after a great junior career, you were recruited by and went to UCLA, played one season, uh, won the NCAA singles title in 1975, and then turned professional reached Wimbledon singles at quarterfinals in 1977, rookie of the year in your first professional season, uh, played and defeated some of the greats of all time, Ken Rosewall, Stan Smith, John Newcomb, Roscoe Tanner, Harold Solomon, and others. Um, tell us about your pro career with, an eye, with, a, with a view toward where you saw it going and at what point did you say to yourself, I'm going to have to prepare for my life after the glory? Well, um, I think my focus you know, throughout, you know, from the time I was probably 15, 16 years old, I, I, I was focused on being a pro tennis player. I had that passion, that desire. I had some good results in the juniors. And even when I was 
playing 18 and under in college tennis, I was already starting to play some pro events and having some decent results. Um, you know, I, my goal was to win the NCAA championships, so, um, and that was something that I, you know, absolutely wanted to do before I tried to turn pro and play pro tennis full time. I was fortunate enough to do that. Uh, that was the only way my parents would give me their blessing to let me, you know, leave college after freshman or sophomore year. It turned out it was after freshman year, but, um, you know, I was 18 when I finished my freshman year of, uh, of college and out on the pro tour. It was certainly a learning experience. Uh, I loved it. Uh, certainly competitive and getting to play against the players you always looked up at and, uh, strength about, you know, emulating and trying to beat. Um, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but I found out very quickly it, it was tough. There a lot of traveling, you know, a lot of hotels, uh, especially as a young kid. And back then there weren't quite as many. Uh, younger players on the tour as there is nowadays, so uh, really wasn't some of my fondest memories uh, of my life as I look back to it, but certainly enjoyed it and, and, and cherish you know, the path that it's led me down to now. And uh, Justin, pick up on that. Uh, you, you also had a, a marvelous uh, uh, career in, in pro tennis, um, uh, especially in doubles where you teamed with Venus Williams for some championships. <laughs> Um, and you played a fairly long period of time, I believe, from about 1998, 99 up to 2007 um, when you uh, uh, finished up at the U.S. Open. Let me uh, ask you to comment on your pro career in terms of how you uh, looked at the career and, and, and whether you looked ahead during your career toward what you were going to do afterwards. Look, similar to what Coach said, I mean, I love the sport. I believe in the sport. Um, I actually believe tennis is the greatest sport in the world. I mean, amongst sports where it's the only meritocracy out there, tennis is probably the biggest one where it's individual, it challenges you in every way, physically, mentally, athletically, technically, individually. Um, I really gravitate toward that, being in a sports family, but the individual nature to it. And that's kind of why the college experience was so neat because it was probably the one time in my life where it really was a true team dynamic and um, once again Billy and Chip are a huge part of kind of building that family atmosphere uh, then I went out to play you know I had a, a very good junior junior and amateur career college career and then I would say probably based on other people's expectations or maybe even my own my professional career underachieved but I'm not really a believer in overachieved or underachieved I believe in you achieve what you achieve so you were where you were everyone wishes they would have done better and I'm, I'm no different but I'm very grateful to the sport of what it gave me in terms of opportunities and friendships and relationships and experiences. And then I was also, towards the end of my career, I knew that I'd want to do other things. I wasn't going to want to hang around and play doubles for a bunch of years. No disrespect to people that do that, but I knew I wanted to get involved in the business side of the sport and in the television and the content side. And um, so it was, you know, the sport gave me a lot. It continues to give me a lot. I, I of coaching one of the best players in the world. I mean, I did so many different things in all aspects of the sport of tennis, um, player representation and talent management, coaching, um, broadcasting production. So it gave me everything. And it's uh, you, you don't have to go far to find something valuable or of interest or entertaining in tennis. There's so much there. So uh, I couldn't be more appreciative or thankful for what uh, – tennis has given me it's taken some as well but it's given me a lot more 
Wow. Coach Billy, if I could circle back to you now under your coaching hat, um, I your, your job is to focus on training these athletes, help them with succeeding in academics, and of course, to win. How, how do you facilitate conversations about life after sports when the time comes for these players? Well, it's, it's a little tricky because, you know, now most of our top players, and I'm talking about, again, if we have 13, 14 young men on our team, we might have two or three that really, I think, legitimately have a chance or are really thinking they're going to go full board to try to play pro tennis on a full-time basis and maybe leaving school early before they've graduated. And that's always a very touchy situation um, coming in or during their time at UCLA. Um, I never want to try to discourage somebody from leaving school and basically telling them, you know, I don't think they have a chance or they're not ready. But uh, you've got to do it delicately because you don't want them to lose you know, confidence in you and have them think that you're, you don't have confidence in their talent. So it's very tricky, and that's where the parents come in. You have to, you know, have sometimes a better conversation about whether you feel it's time for them to leave school or not to pursue their ultimate dream. Uh, sometimes one more year of college tennis and, you know, basically, you know, perfecting their skills is, is very, very important. Mackie McDonald, a recent player of ours who's out on the pro tour now and doing quite well, um, you know, in between his sophomore and junior year, really was on the, you know, sort of cusp of turning pro, and we had some some really face-to-face conversations uh, regarding that. Um, you know, I didn't convince him, but I gave him the pluses and minuses. His parents uh, weighed in on that. A few other people he really trusted. He stayed for that junior year, won the NCAA singles and doubles championships, and I think it really helped him uh, to get to where he is now. Not saying that he wouldn't as a sophomore if he had left after that sophomore year, but you know, sometimes the kids want to get out there just a little bit too early, in my opinion, because that's their dream. And college is not the most fun thing for a student athlete. There's, you know, again, those time management things you. You train 7.30, 8.30 in the gym. You go to class. You've got to be at practice at 2 o'clock. Uh, then you're you know, doing some training room stuff maybe after that, the top guys. Uh, then you go get dinner, and then you've got tutoring, and then you got to study. It's a heck of a schedule for these kids, and you know, it really takes a determined young man or young lady to survive and excel as a student athlete at a top university. Well, I'll tell you what, Coach, uh, the athletes for our – 30 some odd years uh, at UCLA have had the benefit of your your guidance and your wisdom. When we come back, we will talk more about Billy Martin, Chip Humphreys, Justin Gimelstab after this break. Thinking about a new or used car? Think Infinity of Thousand Oaks. We've been serving Thousand Oaks in Southern California for years. We have new, used, and certified pre-owned Infinity vehicles available now with many special offers. There's something for everyone. Infinity of Thousand Oaks is your home for the best deals on Infinity cars. With the COVID pandemic, we offer contactless sales. Call our sales office at 805-262-7442. 
or visit infinityofthousandoaks.com. Pick out a vehicle and we'll deliver it to your home or office with all the paperwork done with the power of the internet. Our award-winning sales and service team is waiting to give you the best service in buying a vehicle you've ever had. Call us today at 805-262-7442 and make an appointment for your new 2020 Infinity or visit our website at infinityofthousandoaks.com. Welcome back to After the Glory. We're so excited to have Justin, Coach Billy, and Chip here. Why don't we continue on the conversation of life after the glory? Justin, what are you up to nowadays? After retiring and doing a lot of stuff in tennis and sports business and entertainment, my, unfortunately, my father passed away very suddenly, and he built up an insurance company, an all-purpose insurance company that we were very proud of, and uh, family business, and I decided to pivot and take uh, take that over. So for basically the past two years, I've been running the family insurance business and basically starting from scratch and learning and really enjoying it, really trying to apply so many of the skills um, that I learned or experiences that I learned and, and used and through my previous careers and kind of bring it into this new world, more of finance, and it's helped me my goal of kind of bridging my world of sports, entertainment, and now the past and the company my dad built. And it's kind of brought me back into the fold with previous relationships and people like Chip who are in the financial industry and it's kind of enabled me to reconnect in, in a different way uh, with friends and, and people that have been involved in my life in a different way and instrumental in my life in a different way. So um, it's, been a, uh, it's been a great experience. So yeah. Uh, yeah, insurance company called FBR Group. We're expanding it out here to the West Coast, and uh, really proud of it. It's been a it's been an interesting interesting journey. Yeah, I, I have an article that's on Medium dot com about the seven skills that every athlete can uh, transfer into the workplace, and you pretty much named all of them. So thank you for sharing that uh, transition. I, I know it's not easy, but a lot of the skills that you learned as a tennis athlete, I'm sure, is um, helping you succeed in this new industry. Be remiss if I didn't mention. I think that one of the issues with athletes uh, transitioning is, and one of the things I'm proud that I was able to figure out and overcome was, it's very difficult to replicate the things that the sport give you, and also the dynamic of the fact that you become conditioned on an actual true meritocracy, where the rest of the world is so subjective. You know, and especially tennis, where you control. The outcome. If two people out there and they both want the same thing and one person gets it. And the rest of the world, whether it's what Chip does or Chip has to convince the people that he's you know, going to do a great job managing their money or even Billy needs to do a good job convincing parents and players it's the right place for them to go to school. If athletes could figure out the traits, and I'm sure those seven traits that you referenced, which is hardworking, dealing with adversity, perseverance, repetition, time management, all those things, they could use the positive things that enable them to be successful as athletes and transfer them into their next phase, whatever it is, insurance, finance, real estate, coaching, you know, pharmaceutical sales, whatever it is, entertainment, they will be successful. I think the areas where athletes have trouble is when they don't adapt to that next stage and how it's different and how you might need to tweak those skills and those experiences and use them in a slightly different way to adapt to a more subjective world that they might not be conditioned on. So that's my little high horse lecture. That's my little interpretation. Um, I'll, I'll, feed the floor to my, I'll feed the floor to my much more intelligent uh, friends. 
<laughs> well, I, I'll just say that you are absolutely speaking my language. Uh, we could go on and on and on about this, but in essence of time, Chip, why don't you share with us a little bit of what you're up to now and probably the same kind of transition that you had to experience as an athlete and now professional. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, duplicating a lot of what Justin had to say, uh, you know, understanding very quickly that my tennis career was uh, – you know, going to end the day I graduated from uh, college. I interned at uh, Merrill Lynch as a junior and senior at UCLA just to kind of get my feet into the world of the economics and finance world. And so the day I graduated uh, from college, which was December of 98, uh, my dad said, you know, you're cut off. So I walked into the Merrill Lynch office and they said, well, you can have a job. So I was you know, 22 years old and started there and have been in private wealth management ever since. But I think, like Justin said, you know, the important characteristics of, you know, time management and discipline are huge because as you enter the world of wealth management and cold calling and, you know, trying to establish, you know, clients in a book of business, if you don't have those disciplines that you have as an athlete, you know, where you wake up in the morning, like Billy said, at 7.30 and you're in the gym, and then you're in the classroom, you know, it's the same thing in business. You've got to wake up, you've got to do the same things day in and day out to establish yourself in an industry that you're brand new to and, you know, educate yourself on, you know, becoming a certified financial planner and, you know, going to Wharton and getting an investment management designation so you understand the business and can build portfolios for clients. And, you know, so I think the, being an athlete helps tremendously transition into the financial world and, I love it because it's flexible and I get to go see people and see clients all over the country and, you know, have, so it's not a nine to five job where I'm punching the clock and have to be there. It's, you know, today I might be in Newport Beach seeing six clients and, you know, tomorrow it might be that I'm, you know, up here in Westlake. So I love that we're getting to help people, um, you know, navigate the financial markets, uh, you know, day in and day out. Uh, with the passion and discipline that we have in the world of sport. Well, Chip, that's fabulous. Um, uh, and, of course, I know uh, how respected you are in your work uh, at Merrill Lynch. I'm going to close out this episode with uh, Coach Billy. Uh, I, Billy is exceedingly modest, bar none. He is one of the two or three great tennis coaches in this country. And uh, for, for so many years now at UCLA, champions almost every year. Billy, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your almost three decades of service at UCLA in the context of one of the great mentors of all time, uh, one of the great men of all time, my father's teammate at Santa Monica High School in 1945, and your mentor, former UCLA coach Glenn Bassett. Certainly such a special uh, person in my life, uh, probably a the, the second father figure for me growing up from the time I was 16 when I moved out to Los Angeles from Chicago. Um, you know, I started working with Glenn and knew right away I, I liked his coaching style. So choosing where I wanted to go play was very easy for me besides being close to home. But, you know, playing under Glenn, uh, even when I left school I had Glenn come and you know travel with me a little bit during the summers when he wasn't working with the team um, he was right there encouraging me when my hip or through the hip you know got me out of out of tennis I really was lost in, in the world uh, you know he was right there you got to get out of here you got to help me with these guys 
you know, it just got me, you know, motivated to do something else um, with my life besides, you know, getting my degree. Um, and so grateful for that. And then to work with him as a college coach and see how he handled all these wonderful situations and how he handled each person, you know, differently. That's the one thing I got from Coach. He couldn't treat Jimmy Connors the same way he treated somebody else. So um, not that you want to, you know, not be fair, but, you know, he had a wonderful way of dealing with people. Um, you know, we ran summer camps together, and uh, I, I think he loved that, and I did too. So just a, a wonderful human being. It was so sad to lose him. Uh, a few months ago, at, at 93 years old, he was still fairly sharp mentally up until the very end. Could remember matches and scores, uh, but just I think people that knew Glenn Bassett knew what what a wonderful person he was. Uh, very similar to uh, John Wooden in, in that you know he always handled uh, success, uh, whether you won or lose, lost the same way. Just went on with your life, and uh, you know basic work ethic never changed so just you know one of the greatest figures in my life and certainly you know helped me become a better man um that i probably would have uh, had i not known glenn bassett billy i want to thank you lucy and i are both extremely grateful for your uh time this morning um and uh, uh you've demonstrated i think what justin said about why tennis is such a great sport because it produces such great individuals. I want to thank our guests, uh, Justin Gimmelstab, Coach Billy Martin, Chip Humphreys. Uh, from the sport of tennis, uh, obviously tennis produces some great individuals as well as great players. Uh, this is Gary Stern, Lucy Sang for After the Glory. Until next time.